I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to recap Dallas's amazing victory over the Minnesota Vikings. And the best part about it is, is that our boy Dak Prescott was inactive. Cooper Rush was put to the test. And Cooper Rush passed big time. You know, this all week, we've been wondering about the status of Dak Prescott. He was He did practice, although on a limited basis... And did do a couple of drills and some rehab work. He did uh, partake in uh, routine warm-ups and do, did a couple of reps uh, before the game. Uh, I actually saw the footage, and Dak Prescott looked very good. Didn't look like he was showing any ill effects. He looked the same old Dak. But the ultimate decision was to rest him. And I think at the end of the day, you know what? As painful and as frustrating... As it might be, I think resting Dak Prescott as a precaution was actually a good idea. I get it. It's frustrating. It's stressful. But look, the last thing we need is Mr. Dak Prescott aggravating his injury. The last thing we need is him being out for four to six weeks. We can't have that. So, you know what? At least it was good to know that he's doing fine. But you know what? We rested him. So, you know what? By next week against Denver, let's hope and pray that he's going to be good to go. So, this particular game, you know, you know, and, and I even said this like two days ago. I said, you know what? Screw it. Screw it. Just rest Dak Prescott. Just rest him. I actually went on the show, uh, on the NFL Weekly show that I'm part of, Our Tribals, which to, which is live on Tuesdays and uh, uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays. I said, screw it. We should rest Dak Prescott. We can't risk him getting hurt. And you know what? Let's have faith in Cooper Rush. I get it. Cooper Rush had never, ever started an NFL game. He has played in the preseason, had some, has some good moments, had some bad moments. Overall, he's probably not the best quarterback you can trust. But you know what? This is his chance. There's no reason to judge the book by the cover. I pleaded with Cowboy fans on our tribals, and you know what? Not only that, but I made the bold prediction. I said, you know what? We can still win with Cooper Rush because I believe in the guy. And today, he won big time. Like I said, he passed the test. Okay? Every single Cowboy fan that doubted him, well, you're damn right. You better be, you, you better be throwing up your words right now. I hope him. I mean, to say right now that Cooper Rush is making you eat your words, well, that would be an understatement. I mean, I get it, okay. You know, it, it's bad that we... Because, because Dallas hasn't had a good, a decent backup in, in so many years. I mean, it, last year, Andy Dalton did his best despite no offensive line and a horrible defense, okay? But, of course, everybody said, well, Alex, Cooper Rush is not Andy Dalton. I said, yeah, he's not Andy Dalton. But you know what? Give the guy a chance, okay? He won the backup role. And, no, it, it was no bullshit call. But you know what? Cooper Rush started off slow. You know, started off actually a bit solid. Had a couple of mistakes, but overall, Cooper Rush did more than exceed expectations. He beat the Minnesota Vikings. 
he connected well with the weapons, okay? It was a hard-fought game for the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah, this game was pretty stressful too because of the fucking penalties. And of course, the referees really uh, trying to give it their way uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. In other words, really trying to give the Minnesota Vikings a bit of an assist, especially in that particular drive, which I'll get to in a little bit. Some might say I'm exaggerating. I'm like, you know what? No. Two of those plays were soft. That was definitely not roughing the passer on Kirk Cousins, okay? And that, se- and the, the, that second unnecessary rough- roughness on, on Randy Gregory? No. No, 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 no. All right. But let's get to that later. So immediately, uh, uh, so obviously, yesterday we found out that Dak Prescott would be a game-time decision. So I said that that's usually uh, an hour or so before the game. But I already had the feeling that he was going to be out because you know what? And, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to explain this better, but I really had it. I really felt it inside that. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Dak Prescott is going to be rested. But, again, I was already at that point where I was convinced we're better off resting Dak Prescott than we are risking him getting hurt for even more. I mean, Dak Prescott got paid, okay? And he's been doing fine all season. Like, we need Dak Prescott, so... So as soon as Cooper Rush was officially announced as a starter, and it was bad enough all the hate on on Cooper Rush was already happening, but then it just got worse within the first within that that hour. And I said, you know what? Rather than just keep looking at this stuff, I'm gonna go ahead and do a do a prayer for Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, and I was gonna actually go out and hand out candy. It was Halloween. It was actually pretty difficult. I, <laughs> it was very very difficult handing out candy watching the game, but you know what? It was Halloween. I was happy to hand out candy. You know. All the little kids, you know, dressing up, getting candy. I was like, you know what? That I used to do that. And now, now here I am. I'm handing out the candy. <laughs> and I didn't. I did not have a moment where I asked a kid, "What are you supposed to be?" <laughs> Even though when I was a kid, I was asked that a lot. But I was like, yeah, you know what? Just give. I was, I'm just gonna tell. I'm just like, you know what? Let's just give the kid his candy. Let's make his day. All right. So Dallas came in this game 5-1 off the bye week, okay? And Minnesota was also coming off the bye week. So with both teams coming off the bye week, both teams, you know, a bit fresh, you know, healed and rested. And, you know, the fact that this game was on the road, I already knew that it was going to be tough. You know, last year, the Dallas Cowboys pulled off an upset against Minnesota. And we'll never forget CeeDee Lamb's amazing touchdown catch last year. And I said to myself, well, that was last year. And I'm pretty sure that the Minnesota Vikings will not allow the Cowboys to uh, take another win against them on the road. I mean, not only that, but I told myself, are the Minnesota Vikings really going to allow themselves to be beaten by a backup quarterback in back-to-back years (laughs) with the Cowboys? Absolutely not. But ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what happened. And you know what's actually even funnier about this? It's... You know, it's funny. It's two uh, back-to-back losses to quarterbacks uh, with the Cowboys, okay? But it's funny. Two red <laughs> the Vikings losing to red-headed quarterbacks in back-to-back years, too. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I never really thought of that until my, my friend actually brought it up. I said, huh, that actually, that actually is kind of uh, interesting. Andy Dalton last year, Cooper Rush this year. But, but the, more, the more humiliating part for the Vikings is that they lost to the Cowboys in back-to-back years. And both times, Dak Prescott did not play. You know, the Minnesota Vikings are 1-1 one one against the Cowboys with Dak Prescott starting. That one win uh, back in 2019, 28-24, and, you know, 
when I recapped that game, how pissed I was because, you know, that game where Dallas was driving and turnover on downs, you know, the, when Jason Garrett called the same exact play. Oh, man. You know, speaking of Jason Garrett, I'm really asking myself, is he really still up in, in New York right now? Hasn't he been, hasn't he been fired yet? <laughs> but anyway... Well, going to this game, when I previewed the game with my good friend and my mentor, who's a huge uh, supporter of the Minnesota Vikings, he is a native Minnesotan, I said to him the Cowboys are going to have to run the ball heavily because Minnesota allowed an average of close to 130 yards per game. Surprisingly, Minnesota's run defense looked really good because Zeke Elliott, 16 yards for only 50 yards. And Zeke Elliott's longest run today was 8 yards. And Tony Pollard, 7 carries for just 26 yards. You know, overall, the Cowboys have only had 78 yards of rushing. Now, on the other hand, the Cowboys came in with the fifth uh, best rushing defense, and Dalvin Cook, you know, 18 uh, carries for 78 yards. So the Dallas r rushing defense actually looked really good, too. I mean, I'm going to be honest, the Cowboys defense overall looked pretty freaking good, although despite the stupid penalties, and even though, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the unfortunate part, yeah, there was no turnovers. And it's, it's unfortunate in Trayvon Diggs' case, he, he didn't have an interception in this one. But you know what? It's okay. It's all right. Trayvon Diggs, uh, you know, on, on Minnesota's opening drive where they scored, Trayvon Diggs had a couple of had two penalties. One of them was, uh, I think, a, like a holding or something like that. And the other one was a pass interference. You know, and of, you know, of course, you know, going to this game, you know, I said this with Steve and I said this on our rivals, Justin Jefferson versus Trayvon Diggs is something that we saw before during those when those two dudes were playing in college. Justin Jefferson playing at Louisiana State University, Trayvon Diggs at the University of Alabama. And I said, well, man, Trayvon Diggs certainly going to have his work cut out for him because, look, as amazing as Trayvon Diggs has been with the interceptions, Trayvon Diggs has actually been torched on defense. So, I mean, that Trayvon Diggs, you know, is not he, he's a good corner, but he's not he's not a shutdown corner. At least, maybe not yet. Maybe one day he, maybe in a, in a maybe when when he's in the, the top of his game, when he's in is in his prime. Hopefully, he will be. But but Trayvon Diggs is doing his best, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bury the guy because you know even though a, a, a few of those mistakes, you know what's amazing is that, is that the Cowboys defense kept Kirk Cousins to less than 200 passing yards. Kirk Cousins is quarterback rating, ladies and gentlemen, 36.6. 36.6. Okay, and what's interesting is Cooper Rush finished 24 for 40, 325 yards, two touchdowns and one interception, a quarterback rating of 44.8. You know, of course, my, you know, my friend, uh, another good friend of mine who's also a mentor, Keith Teeter was, you know, reminding me, you know, that Kirk Cousins is overrated and, you know... <laughs> You know, and I have to, and I have to be honest, folks. God knows how many times I've pleaded with people because they're like, I get it. Everybody likes to make fun of Kirk Cousins, but I've said it many, many times. Look, I get it. We, he, he's obviously this was a primetime game. He's Kirk Cousins has been known for not doing so well in big games like this, but we can't deny the fact that Kirk Cousins has a hell of a throwing arm. So, but you know that that particular throwing arm, we didn't really, we didn't really see much of it today because Kirk Cousins, twenty three completions out of thirty five attempts. 184 yards, just one touchdown, average just about five yards per throw. He was sacked one time by none other than Mr. Randy Gregory. But overall, the the Vikings' offense, you know, was ex, you know came into this game being explosive. But uh, in this particular game, 
I don't know if I want to say Minnesota's offense was particularly explosive. Minnesota only had 278 total yards, while Dallas had a little over 400. You know, and you know, and going back to how good this Cowboys defense was, the Cowboys defense, you know, Minnesota's offense, one for 13 on third down, on third down. And the only third down that Minnesota was able to convert was, I believe, on the on the opening drive where they scored. You know, let's not forget. You know, that was the only time Minnesota find, found the end zone. You know, it was just amazing. Minnesota would drive down the field, but then ultimately settle for a field goal. You know, in that particular drive where you know there was three penalties on the Cowboys defense, two of which were really bullshit calls: the roughing the passer. And then the unnecessary roughness on Randy Gregory. Now, one of the penalties was actually uh, the right call. Randy, Randy Gregory did, in fact, throw a Vikings player down to the turf. So, but, you know, and, you know, in that particular play, that, that second play that Randy Gregory was fouled for, Lane Vanderesh actually made that same mistake, and the referees didn't even bother calling it. <laughs> so I found that pretty interesting. But the bottom line is, Minnesota, on that particular, on that particular drive, Despite the penalties and driving down the field, you know, the Cowboys defense just stayed in it and ultimately forced Minnesota to have to settle for three points, even though Minnesota got in the freaking red zone. Just absolutely incredible. Man. Well, as I'm kind of <laughs> jumping up to, uh, up, up ahead of myself, so when Minnesota took the, op took the uh, lead in the opening drive, I was like, man, this is going to be a long day for the defense. You know, another friend of mine who's a Vikings fan, Mr. Mark Braverman, actually predicted that this game would be a shootout and I said well if Dak Prescott was playing then maybe that would be the case you know and also expecting because you know the Cowboys defense on that particular drive we were really was screwing up so I said well that that could be the case if Prescott was playing but so Minnesota Minnesota scores and then Dallas drives down the field and then has to settle for a field goal but uh, but Greg Zerline missed it and that really uh was painful but, you know, the Cowboys' uh, defense forces Minnesota to punt the ball away. And Dallas, you know, misses a couple of opportunities. But Dallas eventually puts points on the board and uh, has this, you know, converts a field goal. And it's 7-3. to And going to halftime, it's 10-3 to after, Minnesota, you know, Minnesota could have made it 14-3. to But, like I said, the Cowboys' defense in this game just lo looked very, very good. I mean, despite the fact that they couldn't force turnovers... Dallas's defense forced stops, and you know only one sack. I mean, the Cowboys' defense was just forcing stops at a great way, and you know the way this Cowboys' defense played, even though they got torched, uh, you know, several times, and despite the penalties, but the way they made their stops, I mean, we haven't seen a Cowboys' defense like that in a, in a very, very long time. I can tell you that. <clears throat> so after halftime, you know, when the Cowboys, you know, get the ball back, I said, look, the Cowboys are gonna have to do something. But this, but the second, the second half was just so interesting, you know, because of course, you know, Dallas it doesn't take long. Dallas scores on such a beautiful play. <clears throat> Cooper Rush actually made up for an, a costly interception that he threw in the first half. You know, he made up for it with that particular play, just throwing deep to Cedric Wilson, and Cedric Wilson just, you know, was was in traffic. You know, got past three Viking defenders. And then started sprinting away, and then one more he had one more guy to beat, and he beat him big time. I mean, that was just a perfect way for the Cowboys to tie the game. And I, and I tell you this, folks, 
Cooper Rush just made up for that interception in the best way possible. Because early in the game, there was actually a play with with the uh, Vikings secondary was really uh, was prepared, and Cooper Rush should have saw it, should have saw that through, and he should have called a an uh, I, I'm not sure if I say call an edible, but he should have definitely should have motioned, making a run play because you know the Minnesota de- defense was ready for anything, but that didn't happen, and Cooper Rush just throws directly in the in the traffic, the ball gets tipped and intercepted by none other than Xavier Woods, the former Cowboy, and and I think man that was a serious mistake. That was a serious mistake, and and I hate to say, it, but that was definitely on Cooper Rush. But but you know, I was like, you know what? It's an honest mistake. It's his first start. He's not going to be perfect, and there's still a lot of time left in the game, so he can make up for it, and he did. So it was ten to ten, okay. And after the after the third quarter, it was tied at thirteen. You know, still seeing you know the Minnesota Minnesota being forced to settle for field goals. You know, I, t- I told myself, fine, may- maybe that's definitely something to be proud of. But you know what? What good, what good would it do us if we don't win the game? If we're stuck at ten points, and then you know Minnesota's just you know taking the leads, but you know we tied it at thirteen. So I said, you know, fourth quarter, the fact that there was a tie, tie game at thirteen to thirteen, I said, dude, we're still in this because I felt like from from, from the interception from earlier and <coughs> excuse me, and from Cooper getting Cooper Rush getting sacked. I was like, man, this is going to be a long night, but Dallas was just still in the game. So the fourth quarter overall was quiet. And then, you know, of course, there's that particular drive where you know, all the three penalties that were in favor for Minnesota. Minnesota's forced to go to sell for only three points. And after that, I said, well, because before that particular drive, when the Cowboys had to punt the ball, it's because CeeDee Lamb had a, had a perfect play and he dropped the ball. And I said, and you know, and I said, man, this this could come back to haunt us because you know we could have kept the drive alive and we we could have probably scored, <coughs> but we pumped the ball away and then and then of course you know that Minnesota drives down the field that starts with I but I bullshit roughing the passer penalty and then but again Minnesota goes up sixteen to thirteen and I said hmm they drove down literally all this way. Had three penalties in their favor, and our defense still kept him out of the end zone. Now the offense is going to have to do the defense a favor. The defense does its job. Now the Cowboys' offense needs to provide some breathing room. They need to give some support. They got to do their job now. So the defense does its job. Now the offense got, got, has to do its job, and they did it big time. That particular drive, Amari Cooper, two amazing catches. That particular catch as well. What he. <coughs> Excuse me. Dust in my throat. Excuse me. Amari Cooper with that juggling catch. I mean, just wow. Wow. Oh, man. And I know that CeeDee Lamb also had a, a beautiful catch on that particular drive. I'm actually going to pull up that particular drive right now. No, it, just so beautiful. So, of course, so basically, so it was 16-13. So we have the ball at our 25. And after an incompletion to CeeDee Lamb, Cooper rushed through it deep to Amari Cooper for 33 yards. That was definitely that uh, that particular catch, you know, that juggle. And then again, a, another short pass to Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper takes it for 18 yards and then fumbled it, but out of bounds. Now we're at the Minnesota 24. And after an incompletion, it's the two-minute warning. All right. It's second and 10 at the Minnesota 24. 
Cooper Rush completes a pass to Noah Brown for one yard, and Noah Brown appeared to have fumbled. However, there was, well, it was certainly hard to tell. The jury has reached a verdict. Excuse me. Uh, those freaking videos on ESPN. So anyway, <clears throat> it looked at, you know, from the looks of it, it, it might have been an incompletion, but it really did look like Noah Brown fumbled. But luckily, the referees actually call a penalty against Minnesota. And the penalty was for, it was on uh, Minnesota's Harrison Smith, illegal use of the hands, which is a five-yard penalty and an automatic first down. And I said, okay, well, this is it. Now we have, now we have no, uh, no more excuses. So on, on a second and three, there was, a, there was an incompletion. And, and, of course, Connor Williams gets called for holding, so that pushes us back. The jury has reached a verdict. Sorry. So after that holding penalty, I'm like, oh my god, this this shit again, man? Seriously? This shit again? <laughs> Ugh, when will the fucking costly penalties end? Because we're we're now ten yards back, okay? And And now, and then the next play, you know, Cooper Rush threw a short pass to Zeke Elliott, and it was, it was for a loss of three yards. <laughs> but then something weird happens, you know, and this is what I'm seeing, you know, from ESPN, you know, from the notes. You know, this particular drive, Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, made, a ser made several serious mistakes, okay? You know, ser serious, uh, you know, mismanagement on the clock, you know, poor clock management. Not something that Mike McCarthy had been known for this season, but this time we saw it on Mike Zimmer. Although Mike McCarthy still made a little bit of uh, questionable things like that, but you know what? Mike McCarthy deserves credit for this particular game. I mean, you know, the poor clock management, obviously, and you know, wasting those two timeouts. You know, basically, after the the negative three yards, you know, Minnesota took a timeout because there was only a minute four seconds left. Well, the first time I was actually a minute eighteen, and then apparently. It looked as though Minnesota took another timeout, but then there was a penalty on Minnesota because, you know, this is actually a rule that I forgot about because I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard seen anything like this in a long time, but it's actually illegal to call two timeouts on the same, like once you call, like if you call a timeout on a particular, for a particular play, and then your defense gets in and you, you call a timeout again, that's actually, that's a penalty. That's a delay of game on the defense. So based on what I'm seeing, <coughs> Minnesota called the timeout, and then and then, it, and then the penalty was taken from them. I mean, uh, unless something went wrong, but you know, but it's third and third and eleven. Okay, with a minute and four seconds left. So it's third and eleven, and if we don't convert this, we have to go for a field goal. The game's going to overtime. So Cooper Rush. Throws the ball on a short left pass to Ezekiel Elliott, who broke a tackle and fought for the first down. I mean, we could say whatever we want about Zeke Elliott. I mean, you cannot call Zeke Elliott a quitter for that play. You cannot call him selfish. You cannot call him a quitter. You cannot call him soft because that particular play was clutch. Zeke Elliott caught the ball and then broke through the tackles to give the Cowboys a first down. Because if we did not get past the the the, the first uh, the yellow line marker, and we have to sell for three to tie the game, we're going to overtime, and the pressure's on us. 
But man, Bazik Yelich said no. This is our chance to win the game, and we're going to take that chance. We're not going to show any fear. This is our chance. We've had so many chances. This offense had many chances this game, and a lot of chances were wasted, and the Cowboys were not going to waste a, a chance at the, per at the most perfect time. No, sir. Okay, it was actually after that play that, Min that Minnesota had a, de a defensive delay of game. Huh. This is the okay, the CSPN. Okay, so so, I mean, I I, I don't know exactly, but but it's it was a. Uh... Oh, you know what? Okay, no, no, I see. Okay, it was actually third and six. It was yeah. So it was, it was a third and sixteen at first, and then it was third and eleven because of that penalty. Okay, but still Minnesota, you know, the, the poor clock management, you know, whether these were timeouts, because I know that Minnesota wasted two timeouts on that, on Dallas' scoring drive. I mean, that's poor clock management overall, too, and that's just a waste of timeouts. But but after after, um, after that, after Zeke Elliott's uh, conversion, Amari Cooper just, you know, it's such a beautiful play. You know, Cooper Rush steps back, throws the ball five yards, and Amari Cooper... Makes the catch and tiptoes, you know, his feet, you know, put them down. And it was a touchdown. I mean, it, I noticed the referee looked down, and then the referee even took his time to to uh, stand up, you know, because he was kind of like, you know, the way he was, you know, to make sure how these referees get in that position to make sure that it's down, gets up and puts his arms up to say that was a touchdown. And I was like, man, oh, man. You know, and the Amari catches it, puts his feet in bounds. And, you know, the connection from Cooper Rush to Amari Cooper, the Cooper-Cooper connection, that, ladies and gentlemen, was absolutely spectacular. So I said to myself, you know, the fact that the Cowboys now play the game, okay. Well, you know you know what's interesting, too, is, okay, and I think this is correct, you know, after, and, because, you know, seriously, because, the way the ESPN is, is doing this play by is doing this play by play is logging it, it's a little bit mixed up, and I really apologize. But I would guess that Minnesota took their final timeout after Zeke Elliott converted the play. So if, if Minnesota wasted all three timeouts just like that, you know, w w between fifty one seconds and a minute four seconds left of the game, well, that's not that's just that's atrocious, but. But overall, the bottom line is, I mean, whether the, the timeouts were used at a particular time, but I know it was on that drive. It's just overall, it's 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 absolutely poor clock management, and that and that really haunted the Vikings because now the, with 51 seconds left and the Cowboy and the Vikings down by four points, you know, a, a field goal is not going to cut it. The Vikings have to drive down the field and find find the, the end zone. But now the Vikings are going in with no timeouts. So yeah, it says here at fifth at. 50, at uh, Minnesota, yeah, took a timeout. Yep, took a timeout right before the Cowboys scored the touchdown. All right. So after Minnesota gets the ball at the Minnesota 25 after a touchback, Kirk Cousins finds Adam Thielen for a gain of 13 yards, and, you know, he runs out of bounds, so the clock stops. And after that... There's an incompletion, but then it, just to make things worse, a, a false start on Minnesota pushes them back. And then Kirk Cousins actually completes a pass for six for six yards. 
and I and I and I said to myself, "Wow, you know, and Minnesota has no uh, <laughs> has no timeouts, so the clock's stopping." But then Dallas actually took a timeout, and I and I would ask myself, "Why the fuck would they do that? Do that?" But I uh, I think it's that that particular play, Trayvon Diggs might have gotten hurt, or maybe what was that before? I know that Trayvon Diggs uh, got hurt on a particular play, and I'm actually still and there was no word about that. Maybe maybe he just tweaked something. Maybe he's just, he's gonna be fine, but. <laughs> But now it's third and nine. And Kirk Cousins passes short right to uh, Conklin, Tyler Conklin, for three yards. And then, <laughs> and, if, and you know, and that Cowboys player did a good job of tackling, tackling Conklin inbounds because remember, if he, because that, that play stays, you know, with that particular play, you don't get out of bounds. The clock keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And Minnesota just had to immediately jump up. And with, with three seconds, Kirk Cousins gets the play off, gets the play up. And then he's under tremendous pressure by Randy Gregory. <laughs> and Randy Gregory puts all that pressure so well that Kirk Cousins just throws the ball out of bounds. But th- but it, w- it was enough time. You know, all that pressure was enough time. You know, Kirk Cousins threw the ball and the clock had already expired and the Cowboys had picked up the win. So, I mean, so, so it, it was just a crazy way to end. And, and I really wanted to basically kind of go through these like play-by-play kind of thing but because it was just so crazy. So... Anyway, so that's done. But go back to the a couple of turnovers that Dallas committed. It wasn't just that interception, but you know Cooper Rush got sacked and then fumbled. You know, and what's interesting is that Xavier Woods was the, was the guy who had this the, the straps the, the the sack strip, excuse me. And but, but what what's really you know crazy is that you know Minnesota gets forces the turnovers, but they do not they 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 fail to take advantage of it. Because you know here, and I've got the notes right here. So the interception after that, the Vikings punt. All right, a fumble, the Vikings punt. Because after after that fumble, after the Vikings forced a fumble and recovered, okay, the Minnesota in three plays had negative nine yards. Because after that, Kirk Cousins got penalized. You know, on the very first play after that, Kirk Cousins got penalized for intentional grounding. <laughs> All right, but you know the play calling on Minnesota's part was 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 horrible. You know, <clears throat> because after after that, you know, it was because after that it was a second and twenty three, and you know Kirk Cousins had another incompletion. There's actually another penalty on Minnesota, but Mike McCarthy declined it. So rather than uh, being a you know it's still first down you know, it it was went being a third and twenty three, but much to my surprise the Vikings didn't even attempt a deep pass they just actually ran the ball. <laughs> ran the ball for only four yards. I was like, what the fuck was that? Is that a Jason? That's a Jason Garrett play right there. But so overall it was at the end it was poor clock management, questionable play calling from the Vikings. You know those were two factors of of, of the Vikings losing the game. Like I just said. Poor clock management and horrible and questionable play calling. Yeah, I mean, some might say it was it would be terrible play calling, but I'm actually going to stick with questionable play calling to be honest. But that takes care of that. But you know, but seriously, the fact that the Cowboys cough up the ball on an interception, you know, it no that it was not only the interception and the fumble that the that the Vikings failed to take advantage of, but that missed field goal as well. That missed field goal because after that, the Vikings, after 16 yards, punted the ball. 
know, and there was also another uh, another penalty, you know, on a punt, you know, where the Cowboys went offside that gave the Vikings another set of first downs. You know, I have to be honest, that was pretty painful as well. Yeah, and it was actually there's that one right there. Yeah, with the Vikings were already up seven to three, and so then the Vikings get that first set of downs and then only settle for a field goal. So yeah, the, the Vikings had these opportunities, but failed to capitalize to the best of their abilities. But still, the, the Cowboys committing those penalties, even though the Vikings could take advantage, the Cowboys committing those costly and stupid penalties, really did not do them justice. So, so that that. That, that has to be said. It, it did not do them justice. The Cowboys are just lucky that the Vikings just could not take advantage. But now looking at the total of stats. Again, you know, and, it was, and what's amazing, look at this. Amari Cooper, 8 catches for 122 yards. CeeDee Lamb, 6 catches for 112 yards. Cedric Wilson, 3 catches for 84 yards, including that big touchdown in the, in the second half. You know, and, uh, Dalton Schultz, you know, had a quiet game. Only two catches for 11 yards. Speaking of Dalton Schultz, there was actually a funny way. <laughs> One of his catches was actually pretty funny. So there was a play where Cooper Rush, I don't know exactly who he was throwing it to, but the Vikings defender touches it, and it lands into the arm of Tyler Biotic, the Cowboys center. Well, it, it was actually juggling, and then he and Dalton Schultz kind of got tangled, and then Dalton Schultz <laughs> kind of looked like the ball just kept... Bouncing out of the arms and then just finally lands in Dalton Schultz's arm and then Dalton Schultz runs forward to get some positive yards. And at first there was actually a flag on the play. I guess it would have been like for illegal use of the ball or something like that. But then the referee, uh, it was actually briefly checked. And then the referee says because the Vikings player touched it, anybody becomes en en eligible. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, but man... <laughs> Single, t <laughs> I mean, just imagine if if it lands in Tyler Biotic's arms and he just runs forward and would have gone maybe 10, 15 yards. That actually would have been pretty cool. I mean, hey, offensive line can run the ball too, right? <laughs> but man, I mean, I look at the defense. I mean, Mike Mika Parsons just man, absolutely amazing today. Absolutely amazing. So. Anyway, and speaking of uh, Mika Parsons, check this out. Mika Parsons is the only player in NFL history with 40 tackles, 10 quarterback hits, and two passes defended through his first seven career games. That, ladies and gentlemen, is amazing. Check this out, too. The Cooper rush to Amari Cooper touchdown is the first in NFL history with the passer's first name and receiver's last name are an exact match. <laughs> That's actually that's actually pretty freaking interesting. It's actually pretty cool. And, and and speaking of Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush just became the second player out of Central Michigan to throw a pass touchdown in the NFL in the last thirty years. Huh. Last receiver to do that was Antonio Brown. Hmm. What are the odds, ladies and gentlemen? What are the freaking odds? All right. <clears throat> Well, check this out. Amari Cooper's five-yard touchdown grab in the final minute was his 18th career go-ahead touchdown, which is among which is the second among all NFL receivers since 2016. So Devontae Adams will be the one uh, above him. All right, check this out. Amari Cooper's 122 receiving yards tonight 
is the second most receiving yards in a road game during his time with the Cowboys. We all remember in week one, he had 139 yards against Tampa. Wow, and check this out. Cooper Rush's 325 passing yards in his first career start are the second most yards in a first career start by a Cowboy. Interesting. Uh, this guy, Gary uh, Hodgeboom, started for the Cowboys against the LA Rams back in 1984. He had 343 passing yards. Oh, and you know, and speaking of when the Vikings went 1-for-13 on third downs, check this out. The Cowboys defense holding the Vikings to a 1-for-13 on third downs. That is tied for the sixth lowest third down conversion rate allowed in team history. The last time the Cowboys held a team to a 7.7 .7 conversion rate was back in 2013 against the St. Louis Rams. I remember that game very, very well. Sam Bradford starting for the Rams and Cowboys. Uh, I remember that game really. The Cowboys winning 31 to seven. And you know, Ceedee Lamb. You know, Ceedee Lamb actually became today became the first Cowboy to reach. 1,500 career receiving yards in his first 23 games. Oh, man, you know, there's just more and more. I mean, Dallas Cowboys public relations on Twitter really, really gives the, the best facts. Because I'm not done yet. Check this out. Cooper Rush's 73-yard touchdown pass to Cedric Wilson was the longest pass by a quarterback making his first start as a Cowboy since none other than Roger Staubach what a 75-yard touchdown pass against the then St. Louis Cardinals back in 1969. Yeah, that's right. There was once a, an NFL team ca called the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, boy. Well, here's the last one. Zeke Elliott today is the, is the first um, cowboy, the, the first cowboy to reach 9,000 scrimmage yards in his first 78 games. I mean that's incredible. I really believe this Cowboys and this game between Dallas and the Vikings is certainly going to be well remembered in Cowboys history. <laughs> it might actually be remembered in both uh, in the history of both teams, but in the Vikings' case, it's definitely going to be something not to be want to want to be talked about. But yeah, you, know, like, you know, like I said, you know, the Cowboys and the Vikings they've had history, you know, going back to the nineteen seventies. Of course, there's the Hail Mary. Viking fans still allege that. And Drew Pearson got away with offensive pass interference. I have to say alleged because, you know, I've tried to look at the tape. And, you know, ironically, when that particular... I mean, it's hard to tell if there was a play be, a pass because the way the camera moves, as soon as we get to Drew Pearson, we see him catching the ball. So there's... I can't get any clear sh a clear shot of him supposedly pushing off the Vikings defensive back. And so I have to stick with alleged. You know, and no surprisingly, the Cowboys didn't actually go for it on fourth down. The Vikings went for it uh, twice. You know, the, 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 the second time uh, was obviously, uh, I believe, the final play of the game. Before the first time, um, it was actually fourth and inches, and that was actually a play where Trayvon Diggs got torched again. You know, and the Vikings went on a, on a play. They didn't actually run the ball, which was actually surprising. But either way, they, they got the first down and more. So, yeah. Uh, overall, you know, and now that looking at the Dallas Cowboys, and now we're going to take over, uh, take a look at the NFC uh, least standing, not the NFC East. So the Cowboys are still in first place at six and one. The Eagles are in second place at three and five. The Giants, who will actually play the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football, are two and five, and the Washington Football Team is two and six. 
Washington is now on a four-game losing streak, and we all know Dallas has won six straight. You know, and Philadelphia being you know got their third win. You know, where they went to the Motor City in Detroit and just absolutely obliterated the Detroit Lions, forty-four to six. And the Detroit Lions are now zero and eight. And now there's actually calls that Jared Goff needs to that the, the Jared Goff era of Detroit is already over. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, you know what? That's Detroit's problem, so you know what? We're, we're going to let them deal with it, huh? <laughs> so the Cowboys next week have the Denver Broncos at noon. That's definitely a game uh, I will not take lightly. The Broncos actually beat the Washington football team today. The Broncos are 4-4. Four and four. Broncos are sitting in third place. So, and with Teddy Bridgewater playing and. You know, and speaking of that, you know, I'm actually curious to know, did Jerry Judy play in this game? Because Jerry Judy for the Broncos is, I want to take a look at. Let's see. Yep, Jerry Judy did play. Yep, four catches for 39 yards. Yeah, well, the Vikings, I mean, excuse me, the Broncos, well, Broncos have a bit of a respectable wide receiving core. I mean, those, of course, we have, the Cowboys have to worry about Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater, too. I mean, the Cowboys don't do so well against the Broncos. Last time the Cowboys played the Broncos four years ago, the Broncos just destroyed us, 42-17. to So, this time the Cowboys have to get it done at home against the Denver Broncos, and hopefully they will. But this game, ladies and gentlemen, against the Minnesota Vikings was great. I seriously hope that Dak Prescott's going to be okay and that we'll play next week against the Broncos. But you know what? The fact that I was brave enough to get on our travels and still believe the Cowboys would win, I'm so proud of myself. I had my, I placed my faith in Cooper Rush. Even though at first he was uh, he was definitely messing up, he turned things around. He made, up, he made up for it big time. So, ladies and gentlemen, Cooper Rush deserves praise for his performance against this game. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening, and we'll see you all next time. How about them, Cowboys? Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.